Welcome to the Braemar Life Skills Academy podcast. The world is changing faster than ever, and the world of education is too. Advances in psychology, biology, and a whole range of other fields have opened up new lines of thought about the purpose of school and how it can best serve a new generation of students. Join me on the Braemar Life Skills Academy podcast every week to explore these new ideas. In last week's episode, I was happy to take some time away from the mic and pass it off to one of our Braemar teachers, Mrs. Hashina Pillay-Cook. Hashina was joined by a number of Braemar students talking about what Black History Month means to them. Today's episode, I'll be joined by Braemar teachers Annie Chan and Olivia Carter. Annie and Olivia are ESL teachers, and they're going to be talking to us about their own journeys in language learning and what they've experienced as language teachers. And we are back with another episode of the Braemar Life Skills Academy podcast here at Braemar College in downtown Toronto. My name is Mike Helsby. I'm the Director of Student Experience here at Braemar, and I am I'm feeling very relaxed and joyful and, and, and just, just at ease being joined today by Miss Annie Chan and Miss Olivia Carter, two of the wonderful language teachers here at Braemar. <laughs> Annie, Olivia, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Now I'm going to give the, the sort of canned bios here, but I, I'd love if you just jump in afterwards and fill in all the, the messy details all and right. talk to us a bit about uh, mm-hmm. how you got your start. But just so the folks at home know who we're dealing with today, we've got Annie Chan. Annie became fascinated by the Canadian education system from her studies in a pre-service teacher program at York University in 2011. She is continuing her education career at Braemar College since moving to Toronto, having been immersed in an exam-oriented language learning context since she was born. She Mm -hmm. finds teaching here to be an exciting and rewarding change as she often sees smiling faces in the interactive and engaging learning environment that she helps to create. Mm -hmm. Such precious moments are something that she has hardly seen in previous 10 years teaching in Hong Kong, Mm -hmm. and she is inspired to continue along this educational path. Annie, we're excited to learn more about that path in just a minute. (laughs) And we're not gonna forget Miss Olivia Carter. Olivia is a creative dedicated to leaving the world with her tank empty. I love that you wrote that and I'm going to come back to that. Um, (laughs) To that end, you may come to know her as Miss Carter, teacher of ESLC, but she is also a published author of the children's book Jamaican ABCs with Auntie Olivia. She's a gospel and Jamaican folk singer and a self-proclaimed rover. (laughs) As a proud Jamaican, she understands firsthand the importance of honoring her learners' linguistic and cultural identities in the teaching and learning process. She loves to use these experiences and values as conduits Mm -hmm. in the English English language educational process. Mm -hmm. We could just start there, and and I'm just going to leave things to you for the rest of the episode. Uh, Maybe I'll I'll start with Annie. Talk to us about a little bit about what it was like growing up where you're from and and how language learning became a part of that upbringing, Mm -hmm. maybe how it fed into whenever you decided Mm -hmm. that that being an educator was going to be a a part of your life's journey and, and perhaps what that's been like for you since. Mm, sure. Uh, I was born in Hong Kong, and um, I, I'm not sure everybody knows Hong Kong is a very um, education, I mean, uh, the uh, exam-oriented mm. education system. And we keep changing. we kind of um, catching up with the technology. Mm. And uh, we are going too fast, I would say. So um, as long as we have the uh, s- 
education system here, everybody is crazy about it because we want to be the best one. Mm -hmm. We are so competitive. And that's why when you go to school, we want to uh, go to the very top school. And the parents are also crazy about it. And... And it's a lot of stress uh, mm-hmm. as a student. And, and I, I was born in Hong Kong. And, um, and I, when I was young, I uh, studied in a Chinese primary school. So mm-hmm. uh, all the language we use is Chinese, mm-hmm. our mother tongue, and Cantonese. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, it's hard for us to learn English in a very natural environment. Right. And what we did is grammar drilling, exams. <laughs> we have a lot of practices for all uh, four skills all on papers, mm. we hardly speak naturally, we don't have the practice, we don't know what to speak at mm-hmm. all until, well, a long time, until I graduate from high school. Mm-hmm. And I realized I don't have the natural conversation practice with human. Yes. I just have the exam. So mm-hmm. all this like, a, uh, I'm like a robot. Mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. have the script. If I, without the script, I don't have any natural conversation i don't know yeah. anything about the slang mm-hmm. um i uh, so it's uh, there is a, a sarcasm like mm-hmm. uh, uh is uh, if we learn english in hong kong mm-hmm. uh, according to the textbook mm-hmm. when someone asks how are you mm-hmm. and i would say i am fine thank you <laughs> and, and you, you. <laughs> and that is the pattern but oh after i, mm-hmm. I went to uh, other foreign countries yeah. i realized that is a joke that is something mm-hmm. the foreigner will laugh at mm-hmm. and it's not a like natural, natural. conversation mm-hmm. but all we learned is something oh if you ask me how are you annie uh, i'm fine yeah. and that's it mm-hmm. but actually we should say oh good yeah. or and you yeah. it's more natural way yes. so well i feel like uh what i lack of well is something i should um i i, I hope that i should have realized I should have learned something more natural. Yes. But it is most of the Hong Kong students face every day. Mm-hmm. We just have the exam oriented everything. We focus on, oh, if you want to go to top university, uh, you need to be the best 20% out of all the Hong Kong students. Mm-hmm. We try a lot. But how about the rest of the 80? Yes. Mm-hmm. They uh, feel like we are loser. Yeah, yeah forever. True. And that is how uh, you can see sometimes sad stories from Hong Kong. We have a lot of students yeah, maybe commit suicide because yes. of this stretch from school. Yeah. And because parents also put emphasis on you need to be the top one. And it is hard. Wow. And um, until um, I think I was lucky because um, <coughs> I had a chance to go to uh, Toronto, the York University, right. when I was doing an education program in Hong Kong. And while I realize here is the natural way to learn English. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of discussion. I never had it in Hong Kong, even in university. I, we just sit here and study. Wow. And here we have a lot of tutorial discussion, speaking. Yes. And at that moment, I realized what I have learned for the speaking is not the way that the natural speaking conversation. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I'm already about... Um, 20 something and it seems like uh uh, is this the time for me to really learning english before so the 20 years before it's not the thing Mm -hmm. it's just the being a robot Mm -hmm. trying to be the elite Mm -hmm. in the hong kong education system Mm -hmm. i'm sorry i 
I seems like I'm telling something bad about Hong Kong, oh, but it's the true story yeah. that uh, I think uh, <coughs> Canada here give me a new face uh, of um, education and yes. how I become a more international mm -hmm. educator. And I found that oh, if I have a chance later come to Toronto or other foreign land, mm -hmm. uh, foreign uh, um, speaking country, mm -hmm. I would contribute myself and try to learn mm -hmm. um, so that I can um, become a more, I think a more, um, ins not inspiring, but try to be um, helping um, the teenagers uh, to become a good citizens. Mm -hmm. That is my goal. That's mm -hmm. a very big goal. Mm -hmm. But what I need is, it's try to learn more natural English mm -hmm. instead of um, keep having the robotic mm -hmm. English language in my mind. Mm -hmm. So that is a life-changing moment when I have the uh, had the uh, program immersion in Toronto. Mm -hmm. So um, that is so, I would say I'm lucky here. So mm -hmm. uh, I am still learning from each of you and also <laughs> from my students because sometimes they are very uh, creative yes. and also very lovely. And I, I'm so blessed. Yeah, mm -hmm. thank you very much. We, we yeah. say it often on this podcast, mm -hmm. but it yeah. bears repeating the, mm -hmm. that old cliche that as a teacher, you, you kind of feel bad because you end up learning yeah. perhaps more than <laughs> yes. even the students do, <laughs> and often so from them. Mm -hmm. uh, Annie, you, you said sorry, but like your story, nothing to be sorry about. You, right. you lend so much hope, mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. Like it's so inspiring mm -hmm. hearing about mm -hmm. those different stages. I think so many people get into their adulthoods, mm -hmm. perhaps mm. without a few skills that they wish they had. Maybe they mm. wish they played an instrument or learned to drive or, or you know, developed a second or a third language. And we feel like, oh, well, my, my youth is over, so that, mm -hmm. that chance has passed. Mm. And yeah. yet we were so lucky at Braemar to meet so many people who moved forward in those different skill acquisitions, whether it's language or otherwise, mm. often later in their life. Yes. And you've said that, that yes. you were inspired at 20. Yeah. It's so nice to know wow. that, you know, <laughs> yeah, even as yeah. I, I continue to age, maybe at, at, at 40, I'm going to be inspired in a certain direction mm -hmm. and that those possibilities mm -hmm. are still very real mm -hmm. and very lively. So yeah. I, I, get, I take so much joy from listening oh, to you talk because yeah. you, you have that experience you. and you Thank bring you. it into the classroom. You really <laughs> yeah. do. Yeah. Thank you. Um, That's true. Olivia, same kind of question, but how does that resonate with you and how does it compare with your experience? Oh, wow. In so many ways, um, I, I, I do... Um, I echo some of um, Annie's experiences, though there, there are also points that I can say there are differences because in Jamaica, uh, English, of course, is used in the schools. Um, English is a formal language. It is, it is our first language on paper. <laughs> but because of our history of enslavement and um, colonization, uh, we have what we Jamaicans would refer to as a mother tongue, which is Jamaican Patois. Mm. And that can be heard in our songs, in our, you know, our, in our performances, etc., in our folk uh, culture, um, because we have a history that is so connected to our African ancestors. When they were taken to Jamaica and were forced to learn a language that was different from their own, uh, they had to let go of their names, their, you know, their, as I said, their language, their music and everything to embrace uh, that was that which was foisted on them. So we celebrate our Jamaican Patwa, but at the same time in schools, we are taught English and at home we, we are able to speak in Patwa because it is, it's a spoken language by, by and large. Um, so on the radio, you hear English. On the TV, you see mm. English and, and everything. But when you're talking with your friends, you're speaking in Patwa. 
Um, and so when you now enter the classroom as an English teacher, you're faced with the challenge of trying to, uh, how, how best would I say this? You're trying to, I guess, straighten their English. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because back then, that's what it was, it, it was referred to, like Patwa was a, a contamination of English. Mm-hmm. And so there was a lot of shame associated mm-hmm. with our mother tongue, Patwa. Mm-hmm. And so uh, now, because of education and because of exposure and, and, and an understanding of how languages are formed, mm-hmm. And because I studied linguistics, I realized, okay, English itself was a form of a patwa, you know, Um, and it's just, again, elitism and and, uh, colonization that makes us look to the language as something, you know, to be revered and something to to aspire towards. Mm -hmm. But I started to realize that there's nothing to be ashamed of in my own language. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I wanted to enter into the classroom empowering my students Mm. want to be proud of your native language Mm. um, and use it even as a tool in learning English. And when I now started teaching, when I was teaching in Japan, I saw that you use the person's native language to help them to as as a as a sort of a scaffold a mm. scaffolding and mm. so that they can um access the language that they're trying to learn um so i will always say as a, as you said in my introduction it's you have to allow your learner to embrace where they're coming from mm. because if that child or that student or that learner is in the class in a in a place of shame there's no way you'll be able to empower them to learn what it is that you're teaching them. So I am always advocating for, uh, you know, Jamaican pride, being proud of who you are, being proud of your language, being proud of your background. And I want my children and my students to always feel that pride and that comfort in themselves, um, regardless of their identity. And me, I I moved from... um, Jamaica to work in Japan and I'm now here in Canada thankfully in a multicultural multinational Mm. um, environment classroom environment and I am so happy when my students can say oh this is how we say it in in Vietnamese Mm -hmm. (laughs) this is how we say it in Korean this is how we say it in Bangladesh I remember we were teaching on a matapia two weeks ago And the students were able, to, when I said, okay, how do you say ding dong in your language? And it was such a fun experience, mm. every student saying it in their own tongue, you know? Yeah. And that is what, to me, teaching English is about. We are not here to strip you of who you are, mm. we are here to give you a tool to access the billion, you know, population uh, of English speakers and also. Because most person, most people are using English, you it's an economic tool, mm-hmm. it's a social tool, mm-hmm. it's a tool in many ways, but you are given this tool to communicate your identity. Mm. You are given English to communicate who you are as a Vietnamese person. You're given English to communicate who you are as a Korean. Mm. And that is the power of language. I think it was Nelson Mandela who said, if you speak a man's language, you speak to his, his heart. Mm. Um, so... You learning, you've learned English. Okay, great. Now, what can you tell me about who you are as a person in English? Um, and you're communicating it in English. Maybe 
now with that information, I'm able to say, okay, I'm keen. I want to learn your language. I want to learn your culture. Because that's always what's happening in my class. Mm -hmm. I'm so now excited to go to Bangladesh. I'm so excited now to, to visit Ukraine, the Ukraine. Of course, when everything um, settles and I'm, I'm in, interested in the Iranian culture, the food and, and all of that, because my students are now able to tell me what it's like yeah. in English. And that to, is to me what the ESL experience mm -hmm. EFL, ESOL experience is about. Mm. You, you said it all. Um, <laughs> it, it You're me. kind. You're the, very kind. The, uh, mm. the great um, mm. mystic and teacher Sadhguru mm -hmm. uh, and his Isha schools, they, mm -hmm. if you look at the Isha curriculum, there's not a lot there that you would recognize from mm -hmm. the more traditional, say, Western education system, mm -hmm. but the one thing that they include is the English language learning, yes. and he refers to it as a passport to the world. That's it. Yeah, right? sure. And That's I've, it. I've heard it. I, you know, language is a technology. That's it's, it's right. It's a tool, as you said, and it's a technology of sharing our humanity. That's right. Right? So there That's should right. be no... Even just with that that value set, mm -hmm. if that was the only thing in your toolkit, that's enough to sort of dispel some of the elitism, some there of the hierarchies go. that we associate with language. There you go. Um, I'm not going to be able to do it justice, but so I'm just going to uh, say that I'll post it to the episode summary mm -hmm. when we when we get there. <laughs> okay. But there's a great little 10 minute YouTube clip that I used to show when I was mm -hmm. teaching in England. I was mm -hmm. teaching grade sixes and grade sevens. Mm -hmm. uh, Folks who have lots and lots to say, but mm -hmm. not necessarily the full vocabulary to get all those expressions mm -hmm. out. And you could tell that that was sometimes a sore point for exactly. them. So I showed them this little video. Thank goodness I'm, I'm, I'm not able to um, name the creator just yet, but mm -hmm. whoever put it together, thank goodness for them, because mm -hmm. it describes the history of English in there 10 steps. Go. And it shows you exactly, as you just said, mm -hmm. Olivia, this used to be the language of the you know the the, the streets the there poor the yes. it was an anti-aristocratic yeah. yes. language right if you yeah. were living in england and before 1066 mm -hmm. you were speaking french if you there wanted you to go. be right there you go. and we've taken on so many influences mm -hmm. right english is not english english is french german yeah. latin, latin shakespeare yes. ben johnson right go. all those globalized mm -hmm. influences and more and more to come mm -hmm. All of which is just to echo your sentiment. <laughs> yeah. that, that this is, it's all about sharing. Yeah. It's all about sharing mutual yeah. humanity and mutual interest. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit about those early experiences as, as mm -hmm. language teachers. I remember w walking into Braemar. I was, I was on my mm -hmm. second term. Mm -hmm. Wasn't quite sure what, what classes I'd be teaching in that second term. And uh, our principal, Virginia, came to me and couple days before term and said, you got an ESLB and an ESLC. Ooh. And I think my heart almost stopped. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe I should go back to some of those <laughs> earlier job jobs. It was really oh, scary for me. And I was coming out of a literature degree where I was mm. used to some very, very high-minded uh, yeah. education. Mm -hmm. sure. And I felt a distance. I felt like, yes. uh, how do I yes. convey the yes. simple structures, yes. right? How do yes. I meet these kids yes. where they are? Mm -hmm. um, Again, it was a learning experience mm -hmm. for me. Mm -hmm. uh, Annie, what was it like for you at the start? And then right mm -hmm. back to Olivia, talk to us about sure. Japan. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I, I still having the ESLB and C now. <laughs> <laughs> it was great to start yeah, with you. I, I think I, I kind of understand how you mm -hmm. scared of, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, maybe you uh, you have no idea how, yeah, they, they have English foundation. Yes. Because also a different cultural background. Mm -hmm. maybe different um, they may have yeah already learned something yes. in their home country but maybe um, the language I mean uh, the mode of instruction maybe in their own language so mm -hmm. I, I heard that some I, I did have some experience uh, when I taught in uh, Hong Kong so mm -hmm. basically um, I was in the school mostly uh, low abandoning so they have 
uh, weak <laughs> English foundation. Some of them came from China. And I, I still remember one student told me, oh, you know, Miss, uh, when I study in China in my primary school, all we have is all the Chinese word yeah. on the English textbook. And I yes. was a question mark here. How <laughs> yes. can you learn an English word? Yeah. You just have the Chinese <laughs> audit translation. Yes. And he said, yes. And when it comes to reading aloud and learning English, I tried to speak more English with him. Sorry, miss, I don't understand. And then he switched to Chinese because you, he knows that I know Chinese, right? And then, wow, it's not totally not a proper English learning environment. Mm. We kind of code switching, and sometimes I use a lot of Cantonese to translate and then mm. um, maybe teach a little bit of vocabulary. So I just uh, assume that here, ESL B or C, if, they, uh, if the student only got a very um, maybe a weaker uh, English level. I just tried to use some tactics mm -hmm. that I gained from the classroom in Hong Kong, but I will stick to speaking in English, of right. course. I will not switch to any Chinese. Even I had a, yeah, I have a Chinese student here. He speaks Mandarin to mm -hmm. me, I understand, and I keep saying, you need to try to speak in English. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that the challenge is Nowadays, we got the technology, right? Yeah. We have the Google Translate, all the thing with mm -hmm. the mobile phone easily. They have a, a kind of habit. If there is a sheet uh, all in English, they use the phone and then do the Google Translate all <laughs> in a few seconds. You've got your Korean, Chinese, whatever you want. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that is the practice. Mm -hmm. But I think I, I would try to encourage students and oh, I all know that uh, even if I go to Japan, mm -hmm. I don't know how to read Japanese yeah. words. I would do the same. Yeah. But for my leisure purpose, when I go to grocery stores, I, I know, oh, what is it? And then I buy something. But it is your language learning. That's we right. need to be more serious because you have the exam. You need to be um, be promoted to higher level to finish your high school. Mm -hmm. And But I know that. I understand that is the first step for them to try to do a little bit of Google translation, mm. but I tell them the correct way how you can uh, not only rely, rely on fully for the uh, Google Translate, but mm. you still need to learn the skills, how you can master or learn a little bit more of the vocabulary. And I try to encourage them, so not to um, stop them to uh, not using the Google Translate, mm. but they still using, but I kind of giving theirs them some skills and kind of correcting, not really relying on such technology. Mm -hmm. I know that is a very powerful and convenience <laughs> technology yes. nowadays, but yeah, this commonly to yes, common to see the student like, oh, once I got the whole piece of English and do this, you can yeah, obviously see in the classroom, <laughs> especially ESLB, mm. but I try to encourage them. Um, okay, I understand, but... Um, Maybe there are some more ways that we can practice, for example, mm -hmm. uh, instead of um, doing the translation, why don't we pick up this and read aloud? So each of you take turns. Mm -hmm. So you have one sentence and next is Mike and next is Olivia. So we take turns and practice more 
English reading aloud. I think that a student find it safe um, when they have the script, just like when I was young, I have the script, just like in Hong Kong. <laughs> oh, I can look at the words and then read aloud. Mm. And later on, I give them some topic. And could you tell me more about maybe from your home country or oh, what is the uh, uh, food in your uh, home country, Vietnamese, do you like hot pot in China, something like this. We usually start with food because it's easy to mm -hmm. think, oh, that's yummy, that's delicious, yes. and can you tell me how to cook it? So I think that is also a tool for us to um, connect with each other, mm -hmm. even though we don't have the um, good English, mm -hmm. but we try to do, um, do some daily life ex um, experiences mm -hmm food, maybe traveling, mm -hmm. maybe something that we can common interests that we can open up for a discussion. And I think once they find it all oh, very secure to mm -hmm. speak in um, the classroom, no matter how um, few words that you can pronounce in English, they feel the security, they mm -hmm. feel like, oh, the teachers love us, mm -hmm. even though we don't have the English, mm -hmm. uh, we cannot speak very well. Mm -hmm. And I think once they have this, they are very, uh, they will feel like more vo motivated to mm -hmm. learn a little bit more English. That mm -hmm. is the um, small steps that I, um, I, I experience when I even teach in English uh, in Hong Kong. Okay. Uh, all the students having um, maybe low ability in English, mm -hmm. but they try to contribute a little. So um, there's a small step that I I still using mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. So I think uh, students love this, and I always because I see the smile on the face, <laughs> even sometimes when they have got not a very good grades on their quizzes mm -hmm. on their tests, but still they they're happy to learn, and they think. Um, it's still good. I've learned some words. Yeah. So is this baby steps maybe helping the um, ESL, B and mm, C students? students yeah. But of course, teachers, you may have different expectation and um, standard. Yeah. You know that if they want to pass the ESL, B, you have such standards. So at the same time, we are working on how they can meet the requirements for the um, upper level. Mm -hmm. So that is the job that uh, we try to do every day. So um, <laughs> I think that is quite challenging. I'm yes. happy. Yeah. So uh, instead of repeating everything um, at a very low level, so I have another job trying to keep them at the standard. Okay, so the that is, um, yeah, that's why I love teaching. Yeah. It's not the uh, tedious thing that we just work uh, the hours in the office. We have new students, we have new environments, new colleagues. Mm -hmm. We try to have um, more ideas and more um, skills to help our students. And also I learn a lot from the students because mm -hmm. they are from different uh, countries. They always tell me, oh, this one in Vietnam is very delicious. I, <laughs> I tell you how to cook it, uh, how to cook. And this one in, in Korea, oh, that is very expensive. Something like this, we talk about food and also traveling. Mm -hmm. We have lots of fun, mm -hmm. no matter um, there is the language barrier in English. Yeah. We still have fun. So That's I right. find it very um, exciting and engaging also. Yeah. <sighs> I, mean, I just want to can that answer and, and, and you know, send it out as like a, a PD day resource oh. for all teachers. Uh, a couple points that I really want to make sure we raise up. Um, you talked about uh, insisting on, on English communication when you're talking mm -hmm. to your students, but yeah. meeting them where they are and talking to them yes. about their interests. So combining what we know about immersion as a... Mm really the best way yes. to, to develop language yes. learning mm. where, where a person is engaged in more 
sort of unconscious pattern recognition mm. than conscious grammar structures, et cetera, yeah, yeah. right? That's how fluency is coming around. Yeah, and then also, uh, you said, uh, talking about things that they, that they see in their lives regularly yeah. and, and giving them that sense that they are contributing to your life, right? When yes. You, and, you know, the, you can see it in their eyes. When mm. they land a suggestion mm. or when one of their suggestions lands with mm -hmm. you, you say, I am going to try that. Mm -hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. Thanks for teaching me that word, mm -hmm. that food, mm -hmm. that custom, whatever. Yeah. That's their, that's the best part of their day. Yes. Right. And, yes. you know, we, we talk about fun and, mm -hmm. and the, the highlights of our day as being sort of superficial things mm -hmm. or maybe less important than academic rigor. Mm -hmm. But w what is fun if not our bodies and our minds telling us, hey, this is important and good. Mm. Right. Engage. Yes. Right. Yes. Dive yes. in. Right. Mm. And, uh, you know, I didn't teach myself to smile. I didn't mm. teach myself to laugh. That, mm. that happens naturally. Yeah. Fun happens naturally. Mm. And when you can yeah. use it as a tool yeah. for language learning or any learning, I mean, it's so, so powerful. Oh, yes. to, oh, yes. Tim Ferriss, the great language teacher, refers to it as adherence. Right. He says adherence. you, you got to be you got to be learning effective language. So mm. high use language. But if you're not learning language about things that you're naturally interested in that you find fun you right go. you're not going to stick with it mm -hmm. right it's not going to last so mm -hmm. immersion and what we've called relevance or adherence i think mm -hmm. any language teacher's got to mm -hmm. really think deeply about those two mm -hmm. pieces you go. olivia you were yeah. first an esl teacher in japan correct mm -hmm. well i first taught in jamaica okay uh and i had a similar background teaching english literature and language in jamaica and again the students understood English, they're, they, they're able to speak English. Um, so there I was challenged with teaching, you know, the rudiments of, mm. you know, figures of speech and literary language, etc. cetera. Uh, so then I moved to Japan and it was so different. No, no <laughs> it was so different. I mean, it even affected me in many mm. ways because every day, I was surrounded by staff and, and students who were speaking to me in baby, what I called baby English. Mm. And so I had to go back to school because I was <laughs> losing my language. Wow. <laughs> you know, because, you know, every day it's, it moved, I was now, I moved from a, from a place of where, okay, we're studying mm. C's and all those kinds mm. of things in Jamaica to A's for Apple. B's for mm. banana. And mm. um, I remember going through a season where I felt like my brain was on fire. Cause <laughs> <laughs> but uh, again, because I had experiences where the textbooks were all, you know, in Japanese. Mm. And then you had the English sentences mm. focused on the grammar that mm. the students were studying. And that was frustrating. Yeah. And I had a mixture of, of teachers who were advocating the use of English as opposed to teachers um, who were just using uh, English, who were, who were using Japanese to teach English. Mm. And those experiences were definitely more frustrating mm. because they're not learning English. They're learning how to talk about English, mm. but they're not learning how to speak English. Mm. And... Um, I had the opportunity to work at the Board of Education at the level as a facilitator and a teacher trainer, a trainer, a teacher trainer. And so in that capacity, you would you try to advocate for and equip teachers with the skills mm. of how to use English to teach English. And of course, I would have to use a lot. It, it involves a, a, the use of a lot more gestures. Yeah. 
because um, I taught at the elementary, the junior high, and the high school levels. And so at the elementary level, it's a lot of just to just explain one word. And I was just so bent on not using Japanese. And so I would contort my face and contort my body because you're going to know what it is in English. <laughs> and I'm not going to use Japanese. <laughs> um, and I guess I had the advantage, you know, um, Annie, because I... They would they would just assume that I didn't know Japanese, oh, yeah. you know, and so they would say, "What you know?" They would try to speak to me mm. in English and I was, in Japanese. I'm like, "I don't Nihongo I don't speak Japanese," and so they, mm. that would force them. Mm. And I guess that's one of the mo the the objectives of the government in getting foreign teachers mm. into the the system is to get the students to speak yeah. in English, but it. it, it that is, con there's a conflict because Japanese teachers, you know, who speak English or whether they speak English or not, they believe that this is the best way. And that is to use um, Japanese to teach. Um, and my, my, as I spoke earlier about using the culture mm -hmm. as a conduit, that's not what I'm speaking of. I'm speaking of using the examples, using referring to the, the anime, referring to using all these tools to teach, but not necessarily the Japanese as the crutch. Mm -hmm. Because if that is the case, they'll move to, to Canada, as you've mm -hmm. spoken of earlier, um, anywhere you came, and you're like, oh, this is not how it's done. You mm -hmm. know, you move to a foreign country or an English-speaking environment, and you find that you're isolated because what you were taught is not... Um, what you're seeing around mm. you, you know, and I, I, I taught um, older Japanese um, learners and who are in their 60s and their 70s and their 80s, and they were like in high school or in college, in high school, they, this is a pen. That that's how they spoke of their experience. And they were like, Olivia or Miss Carter, I'm this. This isn't how we learned English. I'm sure your kids are having a a much more fun time <laughs> because we learned English that we've never used in the ways that we were taught it. So. I have been able to experience that where, okay, you're learning the language, English in, in a more, you're trying to explain the language that, you know, how you use it with literature and language. But mm. then you moved from that into a place where you're literally teaching people how to walk in the language, you know. Um, and then I'm now here, having moved back to Canada, uh, or moved to Canada. This is my first time here, and I'm now in an environment where um, English is similar. So now I'm, I've merged my Jamaican experience and my Japanese experience um, because the students here, they some are more advanced. I'm teaching ESLC. <laughs> so so there, there are some who are a little more advanced than those who are not there yet. But at least I'm able now to use, to teach a bit of the literature and to teach a little bit of how to discuss the language mm. Alls at and at the same time you're teaching them how to walk, how to use the language. Mm. So, um, my background has now come merged in a, mm. in, a, in a sense. So, mm -hmm. 
Uh, but ESLC is fun. It's it is it fun. is it is yeah. fun. It is fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, that was a, a great relief for yeah. me moving into that class. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes um, you would I would teach a, an ESL class in the morning and mm-hmm. then move to like a twelve U English mm-hmm. in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And it, it struck me when you were talking about your brain being yeah. on fire. Yeah. Some days, <laughs> that yeah. feeling, even even you know sometimes when you teach a class like this with ESL students and then you go mm-hmm. home and start talking mm-hmm. to your partner or your friends. <laughs> oh my goodness. And you're talking Down to them to with high eyebrows <laughs> like. Like yes. this, and you're not, and they're like, you chunk everything. You chunk everything. So yes, please <laughs> extend grace to me because yeah. I'm just coming from Japan. My I speak much more slowly. Oh my goodness, I I'm so sorry. <laughs> and you try I mean, to you're, move your body. Yeah, you move. Yes, you talked about going into contortions, right? <laughs> I mean, thank goodness that 90% of communication is nonverbal, or else we this language teaching thing would be a lot harder. Oh, oh I was I was goodness. getting exercise in those classes. Yes, going sure. Side to side. Went a lot. Yeah. Yes. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the maybe the lesser appreciated benefits yeah. of any language learning, yes. and, and uh, of course, English language learning is somewhat. Uh, of a distinct case because mm-hmm. it is the language of the, the globalized market mm, because it's the go. language of, of Hollywood and yeah, a yes. few other cultural mm-hmm. forces. So you can see why, for, for example, Annie, you were talking about the seriousness of English language learning in China. Yeah. Um, here's a stat that will knock your socks off. Um, there are more people currently learning English there in you. China mm-hmm. than there are native English speakers, speakers. in the world. Mm-hmm. There's 420 million True. Chinese learning, mm-hmm. learning English right now. True. So Obviously, this is a a benefit set that governments, individuals, families, businesses Mm -hmm. have have all come to sort of agree. Super important, maybe maybe Mm. the most important thing. I'll I'll Mm -hmm. digress one more time and say uh, my partner is from Ukraine, Mm -hmm. and uh, they've told me again and again Mm -hmm. from from the jump, from the get-go, they were told, learn English so that you can Mm. get out of here and see the world, right? This is Mm. your... Again, mm-hmm. passport. This is your yes. conduit. Mm-hmm. So, what? What else? What? Not maybe not just English. Let's mix in all you know, language learning in general. We know there's a bunch of crazy stuff going in the mm-hmm. brain when mm-hmm. this is happening. You talked about the brain being on fire, <laughs> right? We can see our students every day being intellectually mm-hmm. stretched, going through those mm-hmm. challenges. Mm-hmm. What's the payoff? What What are we hoping they'll experience once they achieve, let's say, intermediate fluency? Mm-hmm. Mm. I think one student got the um. Um, proper English, uh, they, um, they can expose, they can have the exposure to a lot of different, um, maybe different program, mm-hmm. I mean academic program, or maybe if they go to work for some, uh, going to somewhere to work, they are not really uh, restricted to their own country. They mm-hmm. can go to other, any places. They yeah. can try a lot, can enjoy the uh, culture and also can enjoy the environment with if they have the language because mm-hmm. we all know that English is an international communication tool yes. and once you got it if you have a good a proper English not very good maybe you can still go to anywhere else mm-hmm. to develop your talent to develop your any academic or non-academic view so I think that is a very precious tool for yeah, young adults, mm-hmm. if they have the English, and that is the power. We mm-hmm. always have, yeah, we always think, oh, knowledge is power and English also the power, yeah, mm-hmm. for the uh, youngsters, right? And they may not think so big, like, uh, I want to achieve somewhat scholarship in a very top university. Right. 
And at the same time, they can find some interest. For example, if you're a sport player, if mm -hmm. you got the English, I think you understand everything. And it's, it's, um, no matter it's on website, or no matter you're at, uh, on the social media, mm -hmm. Instagram, uh, every time when we read or maybe we have the mobile phone, we see everything can be English, right? Of course, you can translate it in your mm -hmm. own language, but mm -hmm. that is the, um, the way that we have the power. So that's yeah. why I think for the purpose. So uh, that is why we always put emphasis on learning English. Mm -hmm. um, you may not think like, oh, I don't want to have big money. I'm not going to have the business, but mm -hmm. uh, Chinese people do. They want <laughs> to have yeah, great business because they want um, English. Mm -hmm. They can have yeah, they can have chances mm -hmm. to earn a lot mm -hmm. and of course you can and but of course you can try but mm -hmm. i think teenagers want to try a lot of things yes. and they want to show up okay i am not a loser okay mm -hmm. yeah, so this yeah that's why they instead of not maybe not thinking about academic path they can also have other any sports mm -hmm. talents maybe performances once you got the english you yeah. have mm -hmm. you can open your new world yes. maybe worlds yes. that you can have yeah. You never imagined, yeah. Mm. Mm. Uh, well, yeah, I, I think Annie has said it. For me, it's just empowerment mm. because empowerment in terms of they will determine what they'll need empowerment to do, right? But with English education, the goal is to be empowered to access whatever mm. they w would like to in the world um, because the you know, education itself is empowerment. Mm. You know, I think it's George William Carver who said it is the golden key. Mm. So when you have the education in whatever it is you want to be educated in, in this case, in our case, it's English, you are able to access whatever it is that that education will avail you. For example, I, I, don't, I, I often told my Japanese students that there are about 100 million people here in Japan and the truth is it's not spoken it's not used in any other country in the world except for maybe a part of Peru and some in Vancouver but the world isn't really motivated to learn Japanese it's a beautiful language mm -hmm. the culture is beautiful and um, I want to learn it because it's it's been such a, an integral part of my life um, in the early 20s and you know there is so much that is available in, in with the Japanese culture, but the truth is, if you want to know what is being discussed in the world, you'd want to know English because it is the language of the world. Whether I like it or not, that is truly the truth. That is just the truth. And um, so if you want to navigate that space that billions of people are navigating, then be empowered in that space mm -hmm. if you want to if you want to be able to navigate tech then you have to be empowered with mm. the knowledge that that avails you so i i think you know when a, a, a parents and students decide that okay this is what i want to learn this is what i want to devote or resources to mm. time or finances and etc um it is because at the end of it they want to be able to, whether it's find a job in, in America or Canada mm. or open a business in Japan or China that allows them to interact with that market. You know, you spoke of Chinese. They are quite 
motivated mm. people and they're in Jamaica speaking Patwa <laughs> because it gives access. Mm. It empowers them yeah. to navigate and that is something that we can learn from the Chinese and and at the same time I'll always go back to this they're quite proud of their Chinese identity mm. because it d English education should never mean my rejection of who I am, mm. right? It is and it is my desire to step onto that platform, know what it's about, and go back into my space with my people, see how we can um, structure what we have to bring that to the market, to bring that, you know, to the world. I remember um, while I was in Japan, a Jamaican friend of mine with a Japanese car, because a lot of the cars are in Jamaica are from Japan because it's left-hand driven, mm. I think, right? So the Honda, the Mitsubishi, all those cars are exported to Jamaica. And I remember he called and he said, Olivia, how, what, what, is it, what is the car saying to me? <laughs> because it was, uh, I think in it was Japanese. reversing or something. Oh. It was in Japanese. Um, and so now, because of the economic situation in Japan, mm. there is a lot being invested into English education mm. because if the plan, well, the plan is to export what they have, mm. it must be able to be communicated to the world. Mm. You know, and so that is what it is for me, empowerment to do mm. whatever it is that they want to yes. do. I, I, I've heard uh, mm -hmm. the broader point being made there a number yes. of times about mm. the access to, to the yeah. global culture, et cetera. I'd never thought about the instances of, you mentioned tech, mm. like yes. coding um, mm. language, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And then also never thought about the, the way that modern technology yeah. is now talking to us. Yeah. We have refrigerators yes. and microwaves <laughs> and cars that talk to us. You better know what your oven's saying yeah. if you got a turkey in there, right? <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, That's exactly. pretty cool. Um, <laughs> also reminded me of, of just what a massive, like what a serious deal English language learning mm. is as an industry yes. in, in the rest of the world. I learned yes. recently um, there are schools in China dedicated to English language learning for adults that specialize in the industry that those adults will be moving into when go. they speak English. Mm -hmm. So they'll have English mm -hmm. language schools for hotel service workers, oh, yes. right? Oh, yeah. So on one hand, I think that's kind of limiting because mm -hmm. you're, you're missing out on broader mm. context but on the other hand like what better preparation yeah. for the world yeah. that you yeah. hope to move into whatever you're motivated mm -hmm. by mm -hmm. um as you said olivia the there's a, a strange an interesting sort of dynamic mm -hmm. with all language learning because mm -hmm. language can be both very a, a tool for inclusivity mm -hmm. yeah. a tool to welcome people onto the platform mm -hmm. It can also be a tool of exclusivity. It yeah. can be, you know, a way that we keep others out. It's mm -hmm. one of our, you know, right, right back to our tribal uh, ancestors. It's mm -hmm. one of the ways we identify those who are with us and yeah. those who are not. Yeah, yes. um, and we, I think we've all probably been in contexts where we felt with it and contexts oh, yeah. where we felt yeah. wi without. <laughs> yeah. um, our students come here to Canada and we're very, very, you know, we're thrilled to be able to welcome language learners to mm -hmm. the most multicultural city mm -hmm. in the world, mm -hmm. to a place that is where everybody who walks these streets is used to hearing mm -hmm. language that they don't understand, mm -hmm. right? So we all, sure. we're with you, we mm -hmm. get it, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. At least to, to that extent. Um, but there are massive challenges that, fi that face all language learners. What kind of obstacles or challenges are you seeing in your experience as, as language educators? And maybe I'd love it if each of you could just provide one, one tip or one strategy that stood mm. out to you as being particularly effective in, in getting people past those barriers. Mm. Mm. That's a complex question. 
very I've been good. accused of asking. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 don't, um, I don't ask sentence questions. I ask multi-paragraph questions. Yes. <laughs> My bad. No. It's good. It's good. Oh, you, okay. Uh, I I was trying to to think of um. I always made you go first. Yeah, okay, I'm so sorry. Yeah, no, 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 it's okay. It's, okay. it's good. Yeah. Put you on the spot. Mm-hmm. Now I have to think on my feet. <laughs> but I, when I think of a situation, and you spoke of it earlier, where you feel um, sort of you've been alienated. So in my class, I always say to my Vietnamese students, we don't know what you're saying. Mm. You've left us out of the Yes. <laughs> Because they're about maybe 50% of the students yeah. are probably Vietnamese in my class. Same and, here. Yeah, right? And so they're always having these wonderful conversations. And I'm trying to foist myself into it. So please tell me what mm. you're saying or teach me that word kind <laughs> of a thing. And they've made a great fun of it. Um, but at the same time, as you're trying to do that in trying to remain... Uh, I forgot the just the the challenges that a language learner faces because so many people so many people give Mm. up in the first five to ten percent of the journey right thank Mm. you so i for me now that i'm teaching here in 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 canada one of the challenges that i find is because we're in a multicultural environment Mm. where you you're teaching esl english as a second language when i was in japan teaching english as a foreign language the culture was common. It's a mm. homogenous society. Right. Everyone knows everything. And you're making reference. If I'm using anime or if I'm using a pop star, if I'm using mm. all the students are able to relate to that one thing because I'm in their culture, using their culture to, to get through to them. But when I am in a mo- this culture, now what I'm learning is, okay, it's going to be a little more difficult finding something that's common to all my students. Right. Mm. And so I'm always now thinking of how to ensure that everyone is involved and mm. everyone can relate to the content and everyone can relate to the my references. And um, another thing is languages are also different. So, for example, a basic example is SVO. In English, mm. it's subject, verb, verb, object. Whereas they may be coming from an environment where it's OVS mm-hmm. or an, a different structure Japanese. of the language, right? Mm-hmm. Japanese. There you go. Um, so as a teacher, you're in in this kind of atmosphere. You're always trying to ensure that you're not leaving anyone out. Mm. And um, what, like today, and we had the gr- I had some students for the Growing Successes meeting, and while they might not be able to see that these are the things that you're constantly trying to do and they think, oh, you're doing a great job or it's fine, I have no problem, miss. In my mind, when I'm reflecting, I know that this will be a problem for you if I'm not reflecting, if I'm not doing the reflective work, reflecting on my lessons, reflecting on my planning so that everyone can have access, you know? So... Uh, are there some subjects or topics or ideas that are more available to a, a universal audience of, than others? Of course, of course, there are. I'm speaking of if I use a pop star, for mm. example, as a you know, ref- or um, refer use an article that I think, oh, everyone should know about mm. this kind of a situation, you know. Um, 
And then you hear, oh, so I don't know. I don't know what that is. Because again, mm. the group, they're from different backgrounds. So those are things that I'm constantly trying to think of. Um, and so far, I haven't had a situation where a student will say, I don't know what you're speaking mm. about or what you're talking about. But um, I, that's something I will say that I have a challenge with. I I'm here to learn, as I've said before in our conversation. But so far, it's been two weeks teaching mm-hmm. in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that I try to think about a lot when, mm-hmm. as I prepare to teach. But I haven't observed a lot of challenges, but mm, Annie might know. <laughs> um, so taking me as an example, so I, I think I'm quite confident to tell my student I'm also an English second language learner mm-hmm. or maybe third language so learner. Powerful. And they can see me. Maybe I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Once I, I got a, yeah, mm-hmm. or got a chance, I can share my own learning experience, and how hard it was, how mm-hmm. painful it was when go I uh, went to have the uh, grammar drilling exam oriented, mm-hmm. so boring, tedious, <laughs> and after that, I found I realized one point that is usually uh, for the student have in mind as a barrier uh, to learn English is that they always go for a perfect, uh, no grammatical mistakes. Mm. It is always come to their mind when they are hesitating. Uh, sorry, miss, I, I want that word. Uh, I'm still thinking. Mm-hmm. I want to make it perfect. Yes. Uh, but I, I would remind them, uh, you you may think about the keywords. Mm-hmm. We don't have to make the perfect sentence when you speak. And when, when you write, of course, you try to uh, get it error-free, try to make it uh, perfect with the spelling, with the right. grammar. But when you speak, you just think and speak. That's right. Otherwise, you will struggle. Oh, yeah. I cannot get the correct word. A uh, 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 miss. Uh, I, I want that, but actually I don't get anything. Mm. And I just see the struggling face and I feel like I, I'm not doing a good job, but I try to encourage. Can you come tell me the keywords? What do you want to say? So I try to give the words. Wonderful. And that is commonly seen when I walk along yeah, grandma inside, outside classroom. Mm-hmm. Sometimes um, students want to say hello to me and have a conversation. And sometimes they hesitate yes. because they don't think um, they can produce perfect English. Mm-hmm. And they, they are shy and they just are high and by. But I think maybe the struggle is in their mind there that I want to be perfect. I don't want to... Um, give you a very bad impression because I know you are teaching English. Yeah. You are English speaking learner, mm-hmm. uh, teacher. I wonder, so that is the, I wonder yeah. how much that perfectionism is a result of mm-hmm. having your language development um, judged primarily in go. numbers, right? You, you say, I'm, I'm an 87% yeah. English speaker, but I want that 100. It's yeah. like, hey, get out in the real world, kid. Yeah. There's, there's, there's nobody out here communicating yeah. on 100, right? Because yeah. like we all went through that. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, we all have gone through yeah. that yeah. as babies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we all went through that hesit well we we didn't care that mm. actually we didn't mm. hesitate as as babies but because we didn't go through it as an, as teenagers mm, or yes. adults learning as you know as a speaker of english sometimes i'm so happy you made that point because i need to do that flip very as teachers we have to make that flip okay this person put yourself in this in this learner's shoe mm. to understand why there is that hesitancy, understand why mm. there is that that shame, and then create the comfort mm. so that they will know that it's okay to make mistakes. Be a baby again. Yeah. Be a baby again. Yeah. Make mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. Spill the milk. 
But mm-hmm. once you've, once your legs have gotten str- stronger, mm-hmm. you'll be fine. So yes. just make the mistakes. Yeah, yeah it, sure. It reminds me of the uh, the, the Buddhist um, mm-hmm. injunction to mm-hmm. adopt a child's mind. Yeah, right? like mm-hmm. go to go into everything with so that child's mind because the child's right. not insecure about what there they don't go. know. There and you, you talked go. about insecurity being oh, a, an obstacle to learning. Right, mm-hmm. we make these kids feel at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that mind is open to to growth. There you go. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's it's funny to say. I, I wish with this conversation could go longer, and I hate to cut it off right now. But Annie's got to go back and teach another language class right now. So Annie, hopefully. We, we yeah. can make that transition without uh, too much pain, but no. it's all good. Very good. My <laughs> pleasure. Yeah. Thank you. Well, thank yeah. you, so thank you much. both, not just for your knowledge, but mm-hmm. for your, your mm-hmm. attitudes and, and for bringing joy to this topic. Oh. I so appreciate it. <laughs> Hoping that the educators out there got something from it. If you're teaching mm-hmm. language, remember you're teaching a, mm-hmm. a passport, a tool, a technology mm-hmm. that brings people together mm-hmm. and, and our, our ability to, to empathize, our ability to understand one another mm-hmm. through any means is something like a miracle. Yeah. Mm. So if you're teaching language out there, thanks for being a miracle worker, and, and we hope uh, you keep listening to the show. Mm-hmm. Annie, Olivia, thanks for being with me. Thank, thank you for you, having Mike. us. Thank, thank you. You are a great host. Thank you, Olivia. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing. That's the first time I guess said that, but thank you very yeah, much. Thank you made you. me feel good. <laughs> and be sure to check in again with next week's episode, where I'll be joined by a number of Braemar students from Ukraine and Russia. I'm going to be talking to them about what the last year's conflict in Ukraine has meant for their lives.